Hello everybody and welcome back to the Blue Boy Podcast with me, Kel Quinn, and joining me today is Brush. Great to have you back on the show, Brush. Yes, nice to be back. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so we're here primarily to talk about the, the Reading win, uh, which United made quite difficult. Um, wasn't quite the the stroll that I thought it might be. Um, I think it was nil-nil at halftime. Uh, United had a goal disallowed, but uh, there was like a like a five-minute spell in the second half where we got three goals. Maybe it was more than five minutes, five to ten-minute spell. And uh, I got the job done. But outside of that, I, I don't think you know, were very good yesterday, were they, Brush? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. We did what we needed to do to get, get by, and that's about it, really. I was quite annoyed that we lost a clean sheet as well, actually, to be honest. Yeah, it was a silly goal to concede from a corner. Uh, um, it was ter- terrible marking. Um, and not the type of goal that a team like United should be conceding to a championship team. Yeah. Um, oh, and the shirt pulling on Maguire was ridiculous, especially on the replay. Yeah, it should have been disallowed, really. Um, mm. So I thought we'd taken the lead in the first half uh, with great assist by uh, Vaghurst, but uh, it turns out that Vaghurst was marginally offside. You no, know, VAR is really, really beginning to grind on me now. <laughs> What's your <laughs> thoughts on it? Uh, you know what? On first glance, I did think it was off as well, <laughs> but then when you saw the replay back, it was ah oh, so so marginal. Um, yeah, it's a shame actually because it robbed obviously uh, Marcus of the record-breaking goal, uh, which would have taken him past Dennis Violet. Yeah, and, and Ten Hag substituted him after about sixty minutes. Um, so clearly, no no sentimentality at all from the manager. Um, it's it's not about individual records. It's a team sport, obviously, and. Yeah, um, I suppose uh, good to see that Rashford didn't didn't show any dissent at all. He just accepted the decision. There obviously there's bigger f- f- fish to fry. Really, I mean, winning trophies is what's most important. Even, Absolutely. Even though, even though I'm sure that he would have liked to to get the record, like a, there's no striker in the world who who doesn't chase individual records when it comes yeah. to goals. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt yeah. he'll be disappointed. But the great thing is, maybe this this puts a battery in his back to try and achieve it again. Yeah, yeah, he could we could well go on another run of scoring goals in in every game. Um, I, I remember you know Nistelrooy doing this. Um, Van Persie yep. made it on it as well. Um, there may be another strike. I remember there was Rooney. one season. I remember there was one season where we missed out on the title and Van Nistelrooy uh, was chasing the top goal scorer in the league uh, award. And we had one game left and Fergie uh, didn't even bench him. He just left him out of the squad entirely. And he basically told yeah. him that, listen, there's no point in you getting that award without us winning the league. Yeah, I'm sure Van der Man wasn't very pleased about that one. No, no, no. Yeah, because there was only like one goal separating him and Henri at the time. Yeah, and you know we were huge rivals with Arsenal back then, and and Vinicius and Henri were were competing mm. for the the golden boots basically on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. um, so you wouldn't have liked that. But anyway, um, Rashford just have to accept the decision uh, and move on. Um, 
we need to protect our, our best players. You know, um, Rashford and Casemiro for me are just the two players you could, we couldn't do without at the moment. So whenever we can we can substitute them or rest them, then we need to take those chances. So speaking of Casemiro, just five minutes of madness yesterday. He was oh, just, just incredible. Oh, just, can we talk about the quality of finishing from our DM? Yeah. <laughs> like most strikers would be uh would be chuffed with the with the two goals. Yeah, get, getting on the end of the the layoff from Anthony and just yeah. uh, lobbing it over the keeper. Yeah, the first yeah. one just all about the positional play and then having the composure uh to keep his ground and to you know that lovely chipped little finish. Oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. And then what can we say about the second one? Cool. Yeah, I think the goalkeeper would be disappointed at being beaten from there, but there was a quality strike. Right yeah, yeah. I think it was the, the fact that it bounced as well. But you know when somebody picks out a corner like that, it's very difficult. Yeah. Do you know what? I think for ages we've been saying that I, we, we haven't had our Brazilian that's actually worked out at Old Trafford yet, but I think now we can scrap that. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah, you know, I always thought with that, you know, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. We just never really bought good enough Brazilians. <laughs> yeah, but we have now. Um, yeah, yeah. Us- you know, like, the only one I can think of that had any sort of talent or a little bit of buzz about when he arrived was probably Anderson, right? Because a young Anderson was, was quite hyped. Uh, aside from that, there was, what, the De Silva twins, uh, Persebon. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, doesn't make for great reading. Uh, Chino here says that Casemiro is not even the best Brazilian in our squad. I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't agree with that. Um, <laughs> um, he says Fred is our best ever Brazilian. <laughs> Clearly he's taking the piss now. <laughs> not that Fred is a bad player, but he's just not on the level of Casemiro. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, uh, Chino knows. He's, he's joking around. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Fred though. Fred's doing his thing as well. Managed to get on the score sheet. Lovely little finish, by the way. Yeah, lovely, lovely back heel. It was just a, it was a real samba party in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was quite fortunate as well because they, I think their left back was playing him on. Uh, but yeah, what a finish! I have to say though, Anthony, man of the match. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what? Uh, is yeah, I was, a, I was a bit <laughs> confused by that one. I was a bit confused. I couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> Apart from the fact that Casemiro was obviously man of the match. Yeah. Anthony, for me, wasn't even in the top five best players for United. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really not. Uh, sure I, I, I am going to cut him a bit of slack. I am going to. He's been coming in for a lot of criticism, and I think people need to ease up on him. Yeah, it's. I think the one-footedness is really pissing people off at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is, and people are concentrating too much on that. Um, yeah, we just need to give him time and trust that the manager knows what he's doing. Obviously, the manager knows him very well. Uh, and worked with him before at Ajax. So, you know, I have every faith that he will come good. Chino says it's good because it'll boost Anthony's confidence. Um, yeah, I, I want to see a lot more. We knew that he wasn't worth the money. We said that from the start. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I mean, we paid double what he's worth, but that's not really his fault. That's, you know, the incompetence of the club. But it's the predictability about him. He always comes inside. Just for once, just go down the lane and cross it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon, I don't know, perhaps if we get a new right back, that might add a new dimension to things. One that's comfortable running forward and taking up that right-hand channel. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Um, 
it is it is like you say you know it's almost a standing leg his right one but you know even that one thing if he can just perfect it I, i'm not too fast to be honest there were things yeah, that he kept, did which were affected he kept trying to curl the ball and again with into the four top corner with his with his left foot he tried that he tried that a few times last night it's not that there was one to come off that like yeah there was one chance guilt-ridden chance in the second half where he slipped uh that one annoyed me yeah, and he finally got an assist. I think that was his first assist for the club. You know, mm. it's, that should be something that wingers should be getting regularly. But uh, it probably says it all about about Anthony really that he's got he had five goals spread yesterday, but no assists. But if he can add that to his game, then I warmed him a bit more. Yeah, but, uh, I, with that, I reckon in time that will come, uh, especially when we have a proper striker in that as well for him to pick out. Um, yeah. Chino says we need a new right back. I don't read Dalo. Well, Dalo's not even playing at the moment. Um, Wambasaka, uh, yeah, I thought Wambasaka was better again last night after mm. his performances dipped a wee bit uh, against Arsenal and Forest. And yeah, it was unfortunate that the Arsenal one because obviously that was the polarizing mistake that everyone will point out. But I thought the rest of the game he wasn't that bad. But you know that's that's where he'll get judged really. Those kind of big moments. I think he's always going to be. He's always being criticised for what he does in the opposition's half, and mm. for his defending of the back, the defending of the back post, which is always called into question, and being too yeah. narrow at times. But as, as a one-on-one defender, there's, there's not many battles on him. Oh yeah, um, uh, the way he swooped in last minute against Zaha uh, amplifies that. That that's what he's good at. That's his forte. Yeah, and, and Zaha said he took a quick look behind him and he seen that it was Aaron and he's like, oh no, <laughs> he's so good at the scoop tackle. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, anybody else dives in like that, you think, oh no, it's, you're going to give away a penalty. Yeah, yeah, he, he never he never seems to, um, touch wood. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday, um, it wasn't a convincing display against a, a mid-table championship team who have the worst uh, away record in the championship, um, but we got the job done. We're into the next round. That's the main thing. Liverpool are out. No, even better mm-hmm. weekend. Um, you know, it wasn't even a surprise. Brighton beating Liverpool because the table doesn't lie. Brighton are it. It really doesn't. Uh, it's yeah. It's, it's it's quite bleak for them at the moment. If you ask any Liverpool fan, I don't think they go into any match right now confident of winning. Uh, and long may it continue. Yeah, they could lose to absolutely anyone. It's, it's almost completely rules reversed from last season. Liverpool have now become us and we've become Liverpool. It, it, listen, listen <laughs> I just think that the natural order of things is starting to return. The likes of Liverpool and Chelsea are back where they belong. <laughs> I'm not sure Liverpool and Chelsea fans would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yesterday um, there, wasn't, there, was, there wasn't many changes from the Forest game, which I was surprised at. Maybe it's because he wants the first 11 not to be undercooked when they play against Palace. And yeah. the second leg against Forest, because of the mm. result in the first leg against Forest, mm-hmm. that's when he's going to ring the changes. Yeah, yeah, I fully um, expect there to be rotation against uh, Forest midweek. Um, yeah, regarding the lack of changes, I just think he wants to get that cohesion going in the first 11, you know? The more games they play together, the better the understanding and everything. He's not trying to tinker too much. And he's he's really been protecting Varane in these last two games. He hasn't mm. didn't, didn't feature at all. Um, 
you don't want him being undercooked going into the Palace game. Do you think maybe he'll play on on Wednesday night? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, he may see some minutes, but I wouldn't expect him to play the whole game if he does play. Yeah. Um, the thing about yesterday was that uh, it was three out of the four of Ollie's back four: Mwabasaga, Maguire, and Lindelof. Um, I never, I never want to see you know that back four again because it, it was such a failure under Solskjaer, and we've improved you know on those areas so much since then. So, but but credit to Ten Hag though because you know it just goes to show what a difference a coach can make to players as well. Yeah, um, I would never want to see Maguire and Love playing in a, like against Barcelona, for example. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, red, I was worried about. I was really worried about Leicher missing that first uh, first leg. But um, the emergence of Shaw as a centre back has given me some confidence. Yeah, I think Shaw would probably play centre back in that game. I'd be amused if um, Maguire plays. Yeah, and then or, or what we saw from Malassia, especially against Man City, that gives me confidence too. Yeah, I think Malassia should have played against Arsenal at mm. left back because you think he's he's a better defender than Shaw. Probably not a better footballer, but a better defender in my opinion. And him uh, against Saka, he's certainly not saying that he would have pocketed Saka, but I think he would have given give Saka more more problems, yeah. closer to him, close him down, be more aggressive. Yeah, with he's him. got that dogged determination, hasn't he? He's, uh, yeah, yeah. Where Shaw was terrified of Saka from minute one. Mm. He's obviously he's seen him at close quarters in Indian training, and he's he knows what he's about, so he's terrified <laughs> to, to get close to him. Um, yeah, so I, I expected Shaw to play centre back against Arsenal and Malasia left back and Martinez in midfield. A lot of mm-hmm. fans were, you know, predicting that one, but it, it didn't it didn't happen. But as it's done now anyway. But yeah, yesterday a couple of talking points. Uh, one minor talking point is that Paul Ince, for the first time, got a decent reception at Old Trafford. It seems as if, <laughs> <laughs> it seems as if the fans have now starting to, well, some fans anyway, starting to forget. Start to forget his yeah. return to English football after he left Serie A. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about that half of his career. <laughs> yeah, where he celebrated in front of the United fans at Anfield in mm. May 1999, I think, which has led to him getting a lot of abuse from United fans. But it seems as if it's so long, it's a quarter of a century now since then, I think. So yeah. I think maybe uh, fans are starting to move on a bit. Yeah. But there'll also be, there'll be diehards inside the ground who will never, never... Uh, yeah, I mean, the only him. thing that would have made it worse is if he went directly uh, over there. Uh, at least he had that season at Inter before coming back to England. Yeah, uh, he's kind of like Michael Owen on the other way around, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I'll tell you what, at the time, I, that was not a signing that I wanted at all. Um, not only because I thought he was past it, but even if he was in his prime, it's, there's certain things you just don't do, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think... Even despite the winner against City and the yeah. hatred against Wolves. Oh, even that, I, I blame Rio Ferdinand for that. He shouldn't have let Craig Bellamy in to level things <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fernand was running like he had a piano on his back, and that game. yeah, yeah. We should never have made Michael Owen the hero of that day. Uh. <laughs> yeah, because since then he's gone back to be an ambassador at Liverpool, which is yeah, yeah, very much to be expected, isn't it? Uh, but I tell you what, though, it is nice that he uh, he's got a Premier League uh, winners medal with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that it was nice to that he he only played for United for like two years at the back end of his career mm. and he had more Premier League medals at United than than, 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 at, than at Liverpool. 
<laughs> than anything at Liverpool. Uh, yeah, what did he do? Uh, he won an FA Cup and a Europa League yeah. and a League Cup, I think. Yeah, he was part of that Mickey Mouse treble winning team under Julio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would sell for a Mickey Mouse treble this season, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd <laughs> be that'd be massive for us at the moment. Oh yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. I I'm obviously taking the piss, but yeah, uh, I remember that's what I called it at the time because <laughs> we won the proper one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, think things have think have changed. You know, back then we were winning leagues uh, most seasons. Now we mm-hmm. take a we take a game of travel every day of the week. You know? Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, be... it's a solid foundation to build on. As long as that's not where you set your, your your sights on a regular basis, it's all good. Um, yeah. And Liverpool going out of the FA Cup is huge as well because when we look at what teams are left in it, I think what the only only Man City and Tottenham are the big teams left in it. Yeah, it looks that way. Mm. Yeah, we've got a we've yeah. Got a so big depending on how the draws go, we've you know, and this is a competition that we've criminally underachieved in as well. So I would love an FA Cup. Yeah, I would too. I don't want Arsenal having keeping that record of most end yeah. cups. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be really nice if we could get far in that. Yeah, we're in a great position now to win the league cup. Mm. Or to get to a final. Let, let's not count our chickens just yet. I think Newcastle, uh, if they if it is them, they'll prove a tough test. And also, the one concern I have, Kyle, is looking at the fixture list as well. Where the league cup final falls, we've got about three days between games. We have three days between games all the time now, so it's just <laughs> better get used to it. Yeah, so in terms of rotation and fitness, uh, I'm quite concerned about that one. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't find much doubt we're going to add to the squad in the final hours of the window. But uh, I don't have any faith that we're going to add anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. I know we're limited to loan signings. Um, but even then, I don't know. Uh, I would love it. I would love it if we get one or uh, one or two players in, but I can't see it happening. A midfielder would be nice. Um, I've heard rumours of Ryan Gravenberch. Um, well, I've heard rumours of him being loaned. Um, I don't think he, the player himself wants to leave, though. I think he wants to stay and fight for his place at Bayern. But a loan signing like that would be brilliant, uh, especially because I'm seeing now how tired Ericsson is getting in matches, and we really need an option to to rotate with. Well, that's a nice, nice segue to my next point. Uh, Andy Carroll injured Christian Eriksen last night, who, who left the stadium in crutches. Uh, Such a ridiculous challenge as well. Yeah, and, and then he was sent off for a ridiculous challenge on Casemiro. I mean, how yeah, was he yeah, the one, Cass, the, the one on Cas, the one on the one on Cas was just totally unnecessary as well. It's just uh... how was he not even booked for the challenge on on Eriksen? I mean, yeah, madness. Just, and, and the Fabinho challenge earlier on in in, in the brain mm. game, he didn't see red. He got a yellow card for that. I I just don't understand these officials. I really don't. They're they're just yeah, so it's mental. And Andy Carroll. Uh, I didn't also, know I don't him. know what. Sorry? Yeah, what were you saying, Carl? <laughs> you didn't know who was at Reddit. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I wasn't even sure that he was still playing, and it surely didn't know he yeah. was at Reading. And he's wearing number two on his back, and he's playing centre forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. And, Maybe that's the only shirt they had. And he's just just throwing himself about and, and injuring our players. He could have injured both Ericsson and Casemiro last night. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, yeah, it's a scene that you never want to see. Um, yeah, it's a scene that you never want to see when you saw uh, Ericsson on crutches. Uh, but I kind of sensed it coming though, with the amount of games and stuff he's been playing as well, the amount of minutes he's been seeing. And I always said, even in the summer when we signed him, like if we buy this guy and rotate him and use him properly in a rotation, then you know it's all good. But if you're relying on him as the main guy, you're gonna run into problems. Yeah, he's gonna it's gonna be an enforced rest now. Um Tanag will never mm. be able to play him, even if he wants mm. to. Um or maybe uh, maybe that's a good thing. As long as he's not out for too long, it'll be good for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um and yeah. it's a great chance now for Fred to come in and uh, show what he can do. And Bobby K says with Danjima and Paro, we will win it to, we will win it to, now. Um yeah, as he referring to <laughs> Uh, he was, I think, <laughs> yeah, I just saw the no, I just uh, the FA Cup, I think, because I said the only other big teams in it now are Man City and Tottenham. <laughs> I think he was calling me up on that, on referring to Tottenham as a big team. <laughs> just for context, who does Bobby support? Uh, he's a Spurs fan. All right, so that that's that's the least surprising. On that's the least expected answer. I was so he doesn't <laughs> even think that Tottenham are a big team, and he supports Tottenham. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, it's a nice fan. Uh, yeah, so I think United, uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say that just before you did that, you know, a final against Newcastle would be tremendously difficult, um, yeah, not least because of their, their clean sheet record. Um, they even got a nil nil at the Emirates, um, and yeah, they're they're obviously ahead of us in the table. I don't subscribe to this point of view from Paul Parker. He's an extremely better man. He's still better than Guy Neville took his place in the mid nineties. He says that Newcastle are a better team than us. I don't I don't accept that. I mean, for mm. me, that's. I mean, man uh, for man, I'm going to need a little bit more context. I, I I'm going to need a little bit more context in, as to uh, what he was referring to specifically. Well, um, he says if if the the expected final happens between Newcastle and United, he says Newcastle are favourites for me. I don't agree with that. I know um, that sounds. Is like that based on that. the fact that they've they're going to have proper rest and you know we're on the back of all these fixtures? I, I I'm not sure. I only seen you know a few lines, but uh, okay, it, it's okay. common for him to come out with controversial opinions uh, regarding United. Um, mm. Like I don't, I know they're ahead of us in the table at the moment, but I don't think only on goal difference. I don't think it'll fit. I don't think it'll finish that way at the end of the season. On man for man, I think we're a better team. I mean, you know, Casemiro and Rashford are, are better than anything that they've got. Uh, Martinez as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms of names, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I can only assume he's maybe referring to the fact that as a team, like Eddie's had longer to work with him. I do think he's done an exceptional job since he's gone there. And um, he says they may be favourites. The likes of what the likes of what he's done with Dan Byrne is amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, converted him into a left back, and he he's, he scored in the previous round of the Carabao Cup, I think. His first um, yeah, he's done well, and he, he's proper lanky guy as well. <laughs> he's like six foot seven or something. Yeah, he's an unusual left back, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sven Botman, uh, yeah, no, they've done really well. They've done really well uh, as a team. They are very difficult to break down and as well. The Saint Anthony Gordon from Everton as well. He's a hot prospect. Um, bit, bit of a head scratcher that one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't really see it. I don't, I don't know why. 
they've gone for Gordon, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. With that Maybe Optide though, so I'm not yeah. sure if he'll play in the final or not. If if they if Newcastle get there, mm. um, yeah. So I'm I'm anticipating a lot of changes on 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 Wednesday night. I think Garnacho and Palestri both might start that game. I would give Rashford a rest. Now, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, same. Same. I, I would rest him up for that. Um, we've got the 3-0 cushion as well. Obviously, we shouldn't rest on that. But yeah, it's absolutely an opportunity for the fringe players to come in and get some minutes. Pelestri absolutely deserve, uh, deserves to start. Yeah, he's such an exciting young player and we just want to see more of him now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think now that Pelestri has become part of the first-team picture that Alanga could be loaned out in the final hours of the window? Or because of the, the amount of games we have, he'll stay with you now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Be- because we're one injury away from needing him, I think we'll probably end up keeping him. But Sancho shortly will be back in the picture. Will that contribute to your longer? I was, uh, I was, oh, I was a bit surprised. I was hoping to at least see him on the bench against Reading. Yeah, I thought this would be the ideal game to bring him in, but obviously it's too yeah, soon. Yeah, same. Ten Hag. Same, same. I thought, I thought maybe if he could get that twenty minutes against Reading and then maybe a start midweek against Forest, that would have been a good segue back into things. But I kind of knew after watching Ten Hag's press conference on Friday that it wasn't going to happen. Mm. Mm. Uh, just, just by his, ans- his answer when he was asked the question, um, he said, uh, "I'll watch Sancho again in training, and I'll make my decision." I just knew then that it was going to happen. Um, so maybe, maybe the first game. Uh, I don't think if he just if he just came on for twenty minutes at the end, no, that, that would be that would be brilliant. I don't, I don't expect him to start his first game back. Uh, so I'm come on. Yeah, yeah, game. and I don't think there's any weight of expectation or anything on him either. We're just eager to get him back into the setup and see what's happening. So yeah. Yeah, when he comes back in, I do, I'm not expecting him to score a hat trick in his first game. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna, <laughs> he's just gonna, he's gonna have to play his way into form and fitness. He's oh, absolutely, strong. and yeah, absolutely, and, and then like you said, uh, with the amount of games that Anthony's playing as well, and some of the criticism coming his way, I thought Sancho would be a nice rotation option, perhaps with him on the right hand side, offer something different. Definitely, because. R- Sancho's right-footed, he'll be able to cross the ball in with his right foot, go down the yeah. line and get it in. We don't see that from Anthony. Palestri does that as well. Palestri had a lovely cross into Vaghorst in the first game, and Vaghorst's header mm-hmm. sadly went wide, but that, that's the type of thing that we don't see from Anthony on the right-hand side. Um, but maybe we will in, in time. But at the moment, Anthony's a very frustrating player. Um, so, And he's playing every. he seems to be playing every single game at the moment, every single minute of every game now the progress that anthony has made in the last two games has been overstated by some you know, journalists and fans um and i know he's got an assist and he's he's being more direct but it's still not good enough at the moment for me so so a lot of improvement needs to be done there but yes yeah, it's, it's a process for me he was he's not an 85 million pound footballer um no he's no never going he never to was be. and he's coming from the air and the Premier League's a massive step up, so he was always going to need a season to bed in. Now, Martinez hasn't, but he's a defender that's kind of different to, to being a winger. Yeah, um, and if we're way, being honest, even with Martinez, we overpaid. It's just that we don't talk about the fee with Martinez because he's hit the ground running. 
And, yeah, we all, you know, when I you're mean, putting in those kind of performances, then we kind of just ignore the fee. Yeah, we overpaid for the 30-year-old Casemiro as well, but it doesn't matter yeah, when yeah. the player's doing so well. Nobody talks yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, when the player's doing well, then we don't talk about the fee. So that's the thing. That's, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, with Anthony putting in some very poor performances lately, uh, the fee gets talked about more and more. And it's uh, not just the fans, but obviously the media as well. So it's going to be an ongoing debate until he... Until he read, if he, until yeah, he but that that's how the media operates, isn't it? And you already see it because uh, they want the biggest number possible as well. So when they talk about Anthony, they'll use the euros figure instead of pounds. Yeah, just because it's... just because a hundred million euros <laughs> sounds, sounds a, a lot bigger. Yeah, hundred million. Euro. million. <laughs> hundred million. Hundred million euros is more dramatic than eighty-five million pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So. We got the job done. When is the draw, by the way? Is it on the one show again uh, on Monday night? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I think it might be Monday, yeah, because there's another yeah, there's another game to go, isn't it? Isn't there? Uh, on Monday, so yeah. Yeah. It usually is. Yeah. Usually it is. Yeah. I think Bobby might have referred to it there. Is it is is um is it Tottenham by any chance? Um he was he was talking about it there in the in the comments. Um no, no, it's Derby against West Ham tomorrow night. Um, no, Tottenham beat Preston, didn't they? Is that, have I got that right? Um, yeah, was, uh, Tottenham was beat Preston, yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if we're not if we're not including Tottenham in the big boys league, the only big teams left are City and United. Then and Newcastle out of the FA Cup. I think they are, aren't they? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. I think they were shocked, weren't they, by a, like a, a lower league team or something in mm. the previous round? I can't remember who it was okay. now. Yeah, I'll have to have a look later, see who's still in it. I know Villa were put out by Stevenage, and I'm pretty sure Newcastle were knocked out as well in the third round. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Man City and Spurs are the only real competition left in it. Yeah, um, we, we don't want Brighton to get Brighton away in the draw. That would mm -hmm. be a dangerous tie for sure. Um, it's it's amazing. I know it's not a Brighton podcast, but it's amazing how well they're still doing despite the fact they're, they're the best players are being taken away from them. You know, it's not a surprise that the big clubs are after you know their their star players because of how well they're playing. But despite the fact they've lost, they've already lost Trossard and Moisesedo. I think he's been has he been left out at the moment because of the transfer speculation, and yet it hasn't. They're still performing as well as they have been. It's not affecting them one bit. So yeah, really impressive. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, that Matoma won't be there long. No, the oh the that was a quality goal. The 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 winner yeah. that he got. Yeah, yeah. And this is a guy who took a break from football to write a thesis on dribbling, uh, only to end up becoming <laughs> a pro professional anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that. That that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's destined for great things. Uh, Salcedo, I think, I think he's on his way to Arsenal. Yeah, unless Chelsea hijack the transfer. As usual. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's usually how it goes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I go to a mid-table team uh, for like twice the money instead of going for the team at the top of the league. So <laughs> it's a good chance that uh, Mudrick could could be a Premier League winner this season if he'd have went to Arsenal, but yeah, took the dollars instead. <clears throat> okay, um. United, yeah, got the job done yesterday. Uh, it wasn't spectacular. But it was like a wee uh, 
short spell in the second half where we, we got a goals in, in a burst and got the job done. Obviously frustrating to concede from a corner like that. Um, I wanted to get it to actually go on and score four or five yesterday because we haven't really done that this season. You know, we seen I know we win games regularly, you know, by three goals to nil or, or three one in this case, but we haven't scored four or five this season, have we? I can't remember an occasion. Certainly. No, we haven't really put, put anyone to the sword. But that's coming, though. I think that will come. Um, chance creation is the main thing, and we're doing that on a regular regular basis now. Yeah. And you know what I love yesterday? It's, this is just a, something minor that maybe most people didn't notice, was Vicor's chasing down the goalkeeper, um, <laughs> impressing the, the, the Reading goalkeeper. I love seeing that. Tevez used to do that in, in a red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, his pressing stats were quite impressive before he came. What did you make of him so far? I've been actually quite impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, I've been satisfied with him. Um, I think those that have been overly critical don't really understand the profile of striker he is. He wasn't. He was never one that was just going to come in and be prolific. The things he offers, though, uh, you know, are things that not everyone picks up on. I think. Yeah, his link play is terrific. Is yeah, is, the way is, he is occupies defenders, um, especially in that opening game against Crystal Palace, Kyle. I'm sure you might you would have noticed as well. The way he occupied the two defenders to help create space, uh, for for, for, for Bruno, uh, and then the ball in from Ericsson reached him. And yeah, that's the kind of thing that sometimes goes unnoticed, but you know, it plays a vital part, yeah. And and the the assist for the Rashford goal that wasn't given last mm-hmm. night that was a terrific piece of play as well. Yeah. Um, and his link up play is pressing, as you say, is magnificent. And he's not going to be a prolific goal scorer, but we didn't expect that from him. Every goal he gets is a bonus. And yeah, pretty much. I think what I would do, I've talked about this in the previous show, but I want to get your opinion now. I In the summer, I would move Marcel on. I would keep Fagorst on a permanent deal and then bring in a superstar striker. Do we, do we, we don't yeah. have an option on web course, do we? No, not that I know of, but I'm sure yeah. that deal could be done if Tin Hag wants it. Yeah. 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 that would be interesting. Cause I mean, we need a backup striker anyway, uh, on top of another one coming in, uh, Martial. Yeah. I'm on the same boat as you mate, but it's one of those where because of the wages he's on, I don't really see who comes in for him. So it might just be one of those where we have to just wait till his contract runs down. Like Phil Jones, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, this summer it finally comes to an end. Did you hear that what Tin Hag said that Phil Jones has not completed one single training session this season? Yeah, yeah, he said he's not been available for him since he's arrived. He's not been available at all. <laughs> Edward Wood takes full blame for this that new contract, yeah, yes, yeah, craziness, craziness. Uh, but so, yeah, we've only got to wait till June and then, and that, that's the end. Yeah. The legacy of Edward Wood is still lingering ah. in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those crazy contracts that he handed out um, to a guy who doesn't even hardly even plays. How many games has he played since he signed that contract ah, four years ah, ago? Mate, uh, I think in the last three years he's played about one and a half games. I can, <laughs> I can remember. <laughs> the last one was when uh, I think when yeah. Ragnick started him against Liverpool and then hooked him off at half time. It's such a waste of the club's resources, you know, paying these yeah. players that are not. Do you remember that uh, Chelsea player in the nineties? That or was it early nineties? Winston Bogard. Yeah, <laughs> Winston Bogard. He just refused to leave because he was on such a bumper contract. Yeah, yeah. 
that that's the most <laughs> famous example of a player who just sat there collecting his wage packet. And... Funny enough, with him, like in his prime, he was actually a very decent left back. Uh, he was part of the Ajax squad of the nineties. That was very successful. Then he played at Barcelona, and then he was a free agent, and Chelsea uh, put him on ridiculous wages. And yeah, I mean, he never refused to play or anything. He always kept himself fit. Uh, it's just that they wanted to get rid of him, and he was like, "Listen." I'm not going to earn this money wherever else I go. And I don't see why I should take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, I under I understand it. But f- personally, I would rather play football. Um, yeah, but he was at the uh, tail end of his career as well, wasn't he? So I think he just felt, you know, I'm owed this money. So I might as well. Yeah, you might as well just give it to me, sort of. Because I remember under Ranieri, I'm pretty sure they relegated him to like the under 21s or under 19s. And he just carried on still. <laughs> yeah, it's I suppose it's a really short career, so you can't blame yeah. people for wanting to maximize earnings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so yesterday, um, I thought uh, Malasia was very impressive again. He's at the start of his of the season. Malasia, he he started off like a house on fire. Um, magnificent he was in in first you know, 10 games and then he kind of went off the boil a wee bit and he and Shaw got his place back um and then he's come back in after the world cup and we played right back and against Fulham just before the world cup but he's come back in at left back um pretty much played most games in that position since the since the world cup and Shaw's been sent up back quite a lot and he's just got back to where he was at the start of the season i i, I didn't think he regained his form this quickly and he's still still very young, still learning, and he's in a he's he's in a a new league that's a, a level up from his previous league, and he's on a fourteen million. He looks like a snip, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. These are the kind of signings that I would like to see as well going forward. Um, obviously, the big money signings, you know, I don't mind them, but that that can't be the norm. We need to do our due diligence, our scouting properly, and pick up a few of these diamonds in the rough. Yeah, um, hopefully we can do that this summer because if we're going to target all these obvious names that we've been linked with in the summer, it's going to blow our budget, you know. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> like, absolutely. Harry... And then even some of the guys now, Carl, that are being linked with moves and stuff like, take for example Salcedo at Brighton. Uh, he was on a plate for us at around four and a half million pounds just before that Brighton move happened. Um, and you know, we didn't take advantage of that. Uh, Enzo Fernandez, who seems to be on everyone's lips right now, six months ago, he was available for 10 to 15 million, uh, from River Plate, and he was yeah. one of the ones that Ragnick suggested to us. Uh, not that we took note of anything that man said, no, everything he said was completely discarded, and yeah, yeah. And now here we are, six months on from that move, and uh, you know, Benfica are demanding, uh, the release clause, which is around 120 million euros, and Arsenal are bidding 60 million pounds for Moise Cedo. So yeah, you know, yeah, we could we could have had him for four. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so these are the things we need to start doing correctly. Yeah, definitely, and we could be under F- FFP constraints uh, this summer. Um, if we don't make it into the Champions League, uh, we'll have to sell to buy. Apparently, you know, regardless of who who's sending the checks and who's in charge of the club. Um, but- uh, thankfully, we put ourselves in a position where you know that's it's unlikely to happen. Uh, that we finish outside the Champions League spot. Yeah, it's looking looking good at the moment. 
But I have to FAP really annoys me because it seems as if it doesn't apply to Chelsea or City or PSG. Just well, with Chelsea, it's just that they found a loophole, isn't it? Because um, I was wondering why on earth they were handing out such long contracts to these players. I thought maybe it's a it's a Todd Bowley thing because he's come from like the NFL and the American franchise model where they do hand out long contracts. But then, uh, you know, it's just transpired that uh, what it is, it's just their way of um, budgeting out the transfer fee over the length of contract, which is why they've been able to get away with it. I think there's new rules being put in place as well, saying you can't hand out more than a five-year contract. Yeah, um, yeah, because you need to prevent the clubs exploiting these loopholes. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's a sustainable business model for Chelsea. Um, no. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, though. As ridiculous as Chelsea's uh, spending seems, the one thing is we forget that there are going to be a lot of players that, that leave that club in the summer as well. And if you look at the profile of player Chelsea are getting in, you know, they're of a certain age, uh, of a certain potential. Um, so eventually, as mishmash as it is, I do expect them to get it right. I do expect them to be a very good team. Now, whether yeah. it's Graham Potter that's going to take them there, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be afforded time. Yeah, and should Chelsea find a loophole? What's City's excuse for never having to comply with FFP rules? Is it just uh, the endless sponsorship um, from companies from that are companies that they, they that they own? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, isn't it's it? It's just like yeah. It's, yeah, it's like moving your money from one account to another. Like yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? I don't know, I don't know. Um, but does FFP even apply to any of the top teams? Because surely a lot of these guys, even if they are in violation, they'll just pay the fine and keep it moving. Yeah, or take UEFA to court and, and win. Yeah, because... yeah. And then the kind of sanctions they talk about and they threaten the clubs with, like, oh, expulsion from the Champions League, they won't actually go through with that because ultimately it's them that loses out because you'd want the biggest players and the biggest teams in the competition, right? Yeah, you ever kind of hamstrung there, really? Yeah. Plus, under like, European law, they can't really prevent a business from spending its own money. Yeah. So it's it's a it's just not a workable system. This FFP. No. So I, I think it's it's dead in the water for me. So I don't see it is. even the... there's a lot of flaws with it, and all it does really is um, stop any new players from coming into it and suddenly escalating um it doesn't do anything to prevent the ones that are already there in a position of power you know yeah i, I just don't think there's any point in united even bothering to comply with it because all they can say is well this club and this club it got uh, a rap on the knuckles so why should we take it seriously and let's face it they're not going to throw united out of the champions league are they yeah the, the UEFA would be delighted to have United back in it. They wouldn't, they're not going to dump them out of it, you know, <laughs> because yeah. it's arguably the biggest name in world football. Like, and UEFA are probably disappointed when they're not in the in the the number one competition. Mm -hmm. You know, you, so given the, the 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 global fan base of Manchester United, so United would again just like City would be able to. They'd have you effort by the balls, basically, and there's just no way they're going to punish United that severely. So I just don't see the point in complying with it. I think it's nonsense now. Um, yeah, 
it should be scrapped. Uh, yeah, it really should be. Like, because in its current format, it doesn't really serve any purpose. No, because if you punish Inter Milan, you punish AC Milan, and then City and PSG just get away with it, then it's defunct. Yeah. Then for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, so listen, just for example, back. look at look look at Kylian Mbappe's contract at PSG. Like, it's totally outside the realms of football that the contract. Yeah, it's outrageous. Uh, yeah, and Holland's contract is ridiculous as well. It's eye-watering sums. You know, is it? How much is he on? He, he's on what, like three hundred? Is he more? Holland. Well, reportedly, I mean, Holland. It just doesn't seem real to me. But at the same time, it wouldn't wouldn't be that shocking. Reported nine hundred grand a week. Shut up! Really? What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I if it was that, whoa. <laughs> no, that seems ridiculous. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, sometimes they are very clever with it. Because I know with Romelu Lukaku's move to Chelsea, they did it in such a way that. It was various bonuses and things that added up to a huge wage. Um, so in actuality, he was getting about four hundred a week, uh, but on paper, it looked like he was on about two eighty or something. Yeah, I think it does include bonuses. But let's be honest, mm. Holland's probably triggered all those bonuses by now. I mean, listen, he's <laughs> he's already beaten last year's winners of the Golden Boot. Um, we're just about halfway through the season. Yeah, and. But there is the there is the argument, and, and strange as it is, that he makes them a worse team. That mm. like his his stats are amazing, but City are not top of the league. They don't have as many points as what they had last season, and their all their creative players don't have the amount of assists that they had last season. So yeah. there is that argument that he hasn't quite made them a better. He arguably he's, he's made them slightly worse as a team, even though he's been great as an individual. Uh, I mean, the thing is, uh, they've spent the last two years winning back-to-back league titles with no focal point, with no striker. So it was a very fluid system that everyone understood. Now, all of a sudden, they have to cater to him. Um, so it's going to take time, isn't it? Um, but I mean, I don't think adding one of the best strikers in the world makes your team worse. Um but um, yeah, they've lost other bits and pieces as well, haven't they? I think maybe arrogance, uh, the fact that they didn't see other teams as rivals, the fact that they were willing to sell the likes of Sterling and Jesus, who, you know, maybe they didn't respect enough. Um, but they played a role, though. They played a pivotal role uh, off the bench and whatnot in what Chelsea, in, in what Man City were doing. Um, so I think there was a bit of that. And also, you know, when you win four out of the last five league titles, um, you're bound to be a bit jaded. Um, I, th- I don't think the level of motivation is the same, uh, and sometimes you have to, you know, switch it up with the personnel. Only the elite clubs do three in a row, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just coming back to United last night, one one point I want to touch on is another appearance for Kobe Menu. Now he's, he seems to be ahead of Zidane Iqbal in the packing order now. Um, potentially Zidane could. Go on loan now because he's just not featuring at all, and there's a player younger than him who's who's become part of the picture. Um, Ten Hag seems to be really a really mm. a really big fan of Menu, and in these cup games, he, he's getting opportunities now. Like, 
okay, he, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything spectacular either, but you'd expect that from a 17-year-old playing at this level. Yeah, um, we've seen Charlie Savage go out on loan recently. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Iqbal is the next one. Um, looking at him as well, like obviously he's very techie and uh, good on the ball, but he's uh, he's very slender. He needs to put on a bit of size. Uh, I'm sure that will come with age uh, and training. Yeah, a lot of these players now just need minutes. And once you reach kind of 19, 20, 21, you need to play games. Um, another yeah. player who I believe is desperate just to play games is Charlie McNeil. I don't think he's he's too fussy about where he goes. He just wants to start and play games. And, and he's play. another one. He absolutely needs game time because uh, watching some of the, uh, the the under-18 games last year, it was him and, him and Garnacho were the ones that stood out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully he will be a star for United in the future and doesn't become another James Wilson. Um, remember him? What, what a, mm-hmm. How disappointing was that? Because he looked like he was going to be a, a genuine number nine yeah. for United. Yeah, he did. Uh, he just never really got the opportunity either, did he? Yeah, Van Hal gave him his chance and then he just seemed to, to fade away then after that. Um he, he even started against Liverpool in a 3-0 win against Liverpool. I think yeah. Van Persie and Rooney started alongside him. So that's how, yeah. that, that's how, how much he was rated at the time. And then he, and within a few years, he was playing for Salford City. So just I think injuries really curtailed his career as well. Mm. Yeah, he had a lot, a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, it's crazy the trajectory some of these careers go on uh, both ways. Yeah, you know. One minute you're you're starting for United against Liverpool, the next minute you're playing for Salford City against Wickham Wanderers. You know you just yeah don't know. Look look at Delhi Ali for example. Yeah, but that he's solely to blame for that himself. Yeah, know. yeah, that decline is just it's incredible, really, from where he was. He just comes across as someone who just he just doesn't give a toss, and mm. he's just all about the, the the money and and the women and the drinking uh, and he just he just lost interest in being a footballer it seems yeah it's real sad real sad because he looked like he had such a bright future and for one or two seasons yeah. at Tottenham he looked like the real deal yeah he he was a, he was a hell of a talent uh, I mean he it wasn't that long ago that since he was starting the Champions League final yeah and yeah that, and he's still in his 20s and uh, yeah it's crazy crazy decline and now now Besiktas want to cut short his loan yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why Everton bought him in the first place because that was never going to work out. He's... I think it was a Lampard thing, wasn't it? And also, it was the deal the way the way the deal was structured. I don't think they ended up paying anything for him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Spurs just wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, with regards to the, do you know, some things uh, I don't like these these second legs where the tie is almost wrapped up because you can become complacent the manager could play a weakened team and and you never want to take anything for granted so yeah no um you know certain players might subconsciously might just kind of drop off you know or uh, 10 percent um obviously you won't see that from granacho and palestri if they play they'll be desperate to impress but maybe some of the more you know, uh, established first team players. If they play in this game, they might be complacent. And 
it, it could end up being like one of those nights where we like draw one each or lose the game one nil or something because we're just kind of strolling through it. Mm. But hopefully it doesn't end up worse than that where we end, ends up three three and like, we go to <laughs> if it goes to extra time and penalties, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would be the worst case yeah. scenario. Um, yeah. yeah, no, sure. Uh, hopefully that won't happen. But I also expect there to be rotation. So anyone being given a chance, I'm sure they will be eager to impress. Do you think Tom Heaton will play or Butland? Uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind one of them two starting. Uh, I thought in the first game it would be Tom Heaton, actually. I was surprised uh, yeah. that it wasn't. And De Gea played yesterday as well, although you wouldn't know because yeah. he had nothing to do. Mm. You know. And with Butland, Butland's only 29, you know. I was I was shocked. I forgot um, how young he was. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, because I remember at Stoke, I was quite a, fa- a big fan of him when he was at Stoke. Uh, he, at that time, he was probably in the England picture as well. He was part of the England squad in 2018 World Cup, so... Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a, I think when Stoke got relegated, then he kind of he went off the radar a bit. Mm. But, uh, is this his chance now to, to impress again? If, uh, you know, if he gets games at United, he can get himself noticed again. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, uh, sh- shrewd bit of business, that. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was only 29. I believe, I believe that... He Ten Hag actually wanted him before he signed Dubravka, mm. but but we couldn't sign Butland. Oh, I can't remember the reason now. There was some reason why we couldn't get him in the summer. Yeah, so it? currently it's a loan, but his contract is up in the summer anyway. So then yeah. we're free to sign him if he impresses. Yeah. Oh, we didn't say we didn't sign Butland in the summer because he broke his finger in a friendly against United. Ah, okay. Yeah, well. He could, he could end up being a permanent, just like Whitehurst. Both of them could yeah. end up staying on beyond the summer. Yeah, but, yeah. Like I say, Whitehurst, I don't mind him staying on, but he, as long as he's not our you know first choice number nine, we need to. Yeah, yeah. Him. As long as he's backup, and obviously dependent on the fee as well. Yeah, you do think it'd be a small fee? You know, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think Bernie would just be happy to get rid of him. Mm. Um. So it's hard to predict the team for uh, Wednesday night, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I'd say Heaton, Juan Bissaka, Lindelof, Ferran, uh, Shaw, if he's available, um, Fred, McTominay, Menu, Ganacho, Palestri, and Vagorst, I think. But it's really it's really hard to predict, you know, Ten Hag tends to throw in a few surprises. Oweggy's uh, o- 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 started every game since he's been here, hasn't he? He has, yeah, but that's because Martial is unavailable. What a surprise. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just I just wonder when he's gonna get a bit of a rest because yeah, he started yeah, he started the last three games. Four, is it? I think it's three, four. four. Yeah, yeah. Paris, Arsenal. Yeah. Forest and Reading, yeah, yeah, four, four. You're right. Probably not what people expected, but you know, Ten Hag clearly values mm. his role in the team and what he brings to the team. Yeah, so. yeah, and also it just highlights how much we can't depend on the other guy. Yeah, he he has to go and we design you know uh, a superstar striker in the summer. Yeah, but I unfortunately, know. I don't think any of that's going to happen until we uh, sort out the ownership issues. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that is the main thing get, that gets done. Between now and the end of the season, yeah, that would be a, a nice wee bonus um, to see the Glazers finally leave the club. 
after 18 years yeah. and we can move on and hopefully uh, Jim Radcliffe is a successful bidder I think that would be the, the best outcome uh, uh, so far I'm, I think that's the only concrete offer on the table right everything else is just speculation yeah but I, I anticipate that he won't be the only person you know looking yeah. for the club yeah, there'll be there'll be offers from America and the Middle East I would say um, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I uh, can't remember exactly, but I think I remember reading that they've set a deadline for sometime in February for all offers to come in. So we'll have to reassess it in a few weeks' time, I guess. I'm sure. That, I heard they were out in Davos looking for a, a lucrative shirt sponsorship. Um, mm. They're trying to get the world record again. Um, I think TeamViewer, that, that's ended early, and that contract was significantly lower than the the Shirley contract, so they're looking to to be United for ages had the the world record church sponsorship deal. Yeah, and yeah. Now they don't. Now they don't even have one at all. The team viewer will leave as soon as United find a replacement. But that if they manage to secure a world record church sponsorship between now and selling the club, it will push up the price of the club as well. And given they're probably loving rubbing their hands together that Ten Hag is doing so well, because I, I will also you know add to the value of the club. Yeah. I think realistically it should only be maybe four and a half billion. You know, it's just slightly dearer than what Chelsea went for. Mm. Um but they they're looking close they're looking six or seven because they're looking know, at six or seven, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Because even with Chelsea even with Chelsea, you have to understand that the inflated price is also because uh, it's in London. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that that tax comes into it as well. I, and I, I hope the Glazers don't get that amount of money. I hope it's a, it's a mediocre bid from uh, Jim Radcliffe and they have to accept it because there's nobody else willing to pay it. They just want to <laughs> bid more and I hope they don't get it. Um, the, the less they get, the better, in my opinion. But the main thing is that they go and, and never come back. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, the thing is, though, like, you know, that's just to buy the club. Cook. But once you buy, uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs improving. So whoever takes over, they're going to have to invest a lot uh, into just getting everything up to standard. Yeah, well, Old Trafford is, is, is falling apart. Um, the, the leaks left, right and centre, the rust mm. and the... The, the 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 pool in the, the training ground there's a there's a tile missing and it, much much to the annoyance of Ronaldo, and they're gonna to have to get that sorted. Uh, but yeah, we we definitely need a, a you know, we can't be having Leicester and Spurs having better facilities than us. Yeah, supposed to be the biggest club in the world. I'm sure the new the new owner will in, will invest in those projects and the, those things are easy to pay for because you can get you can get credit on those things. Um, I think. You know, no nobody builds a new stadium and pays for it up front. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 always a mortgage, and so United should be able to secure that. And then we can use the the club's revenue on buying new players each summer, rather than the revenue going off to pay off um, dividends on loans and interest on loans out in, from the American owners. So, yeah, I think. All I want to see is a responsible owner who uses the club's revenue to invest in the squad, and then obviously they're going to have to, you know, in, invest in the facilities. But I'm sure if we're going to do work to Old Trafford or rebuild it, there's going to have to be a mortgage taken out on that, regardless of who the who the owner is, because um, that's how other things are done. I mean, no, those those projects cost, you know, must a new stadium, must a new Tottenham's new stadium cost? It must be like a 
was it a billion or something? You know, nobody's going to pay for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. These things have to be paid out uh, over time. But oh, I'll tell you what, their, their stadium is uh, state of the art. Yeah, it makes me very jealous. But at the same time, though, their 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 football team are mediocre, aren't they? You know, personally, I'd rather have this the the, the rotten stadium and, and winning the treble than having a great stadium <laughs> and winning absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, again, with them, it just goes down to ownership and stuff, uh, really. So yeah, if they ever sort that out, then yeah, they'll be a real threat. You know, this Harry, this Harry Kane, this Harry Kane link. I mean, I I, did, I could not. Fair enough. If if we get him, that's okay. I won't. I won't mind that at all. Obviously, because he's a quality striker. But I I'm I can bear a whole summer of a saga involving Daniel Levy until August thirty first. <laughs> bore me to yeah, tears. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's only got a year left on his contract, Kane. Um, but I don't know if that will mean anything to Levy. No, he he will try, he will keep the handbrake handbrake on as long as possible and try to frustrate and get yeah. as much money as he can i just can't, i'd rather just go and pay the money for someone else and forget about it i just mm. couldn't be bothered with that if if the money's right i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind going for him um, well, yeah what is it fergie said that uh, dealing with levy was more painful than a hip replacement <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah yeah cuz you would know from the whole Berbatov saga yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was who else would be saying from them? Carrick. Yeah, um, Carrick. Um, yeah, Carrick was from them. Yeah. So we'll leave it there for today. If everyone could please smash a like in the video, get your comments in down below, and subscribe to the podcast. And I will see you again then, Bush. Yeah. Take care. All right. See you later.